Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Lift your hands unto the Lord all over the building. Would you do that? Thank you, Lord, for who you are. For it is you that has made us. Hallelujah. We praise you, O God. Amen, amen, amen. How many glad to be at the Anchor Church this morning? Aren't we thankful for the presence of the Lord? Praise God. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1. It is God's house Sunday, and it's a time we focus once a month on committing, committing to the Lord uh, to take care of the needs of this facility. Several years ago, The Lord spoke to me in prayer. He said, because we had invested in other fields or other houses, uh, daughter works, um, global global campuses, uh, by the hundreds of thousands of dollars we've sent around the world, that He was going to bless this house. And you can look around and see the renovations that have come since then and the upgrades of our own facility. And the Lord certainly has blessed this place through you And so we have a God's House Sunday where we give to take care of the needs of this facility and still paying off the debt uh, of the renovation. And so that's what that is about. Unfortunately, we were unable to really do a God's House Sunday as we do every year in March due to the COVID-19 restrictions. But you have continually given. It's just amazing. There's no church like this church. And why don't you clap your hands and thank God for the anchor. And all those watching... Amen. By way of the web, we we pray God blesses you today. And uh, God is moving among us. We are seeing people come to the Lord. Lives are being touched and changed because God never stops. He's he's not halted because of a pandemic. Now, we have some captivity. You're wearing masks today and limitations and social distancing, not shaking hands or as we normally would. Fellowship's a little different, but... The church is still powerful, and we're here to worship Him anyhow. How many come to magnify the name of the Lord? Thank you, praise team, leading us today. Our chorale, thank you for being here. Second Kings chapter 8, reading with verse 1. We're going to read a few portions of Scripture, but there's something that sticks out of these six verses that we're going to read. And let's just see if you can catch uh, what that theme is. This spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, go thou and thine house, sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine. And it shall also come upon the land seven years. Everybody say seven years. The woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. She obeyed what he said, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. It's interesting because... You're going to find out in a minute, maybe just hearing the portion of Scripture, you're going to find out who this lady really was. The Bible calls her a great woman. But you're going to find out there was a moment in her life after so many great things had happened that there was a a famine in her world. How many of you have ever dealt with some type of situation in life that was so unexpected? But the prophet said, you're going to go through this, go to the Philistines, land of the Philistines. And it came to pass at, at the seven years end, everybody say, it shall come to pass. Look at your neighbor and really say, say, this is going to come to pass. 
It's not here to stay. Do you believe that? And it says, and it says seven years in that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. She returned, she said, I, I like to have my house back and my land back. I've been gone seven years because of the famine. I want what belongs to me. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things Elisha or the prophet had done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. In, in simplicity, the king's having a conversation with Gehazi, who was the prophet Elisha's servant. He said, Tell me some miracles that... You've seen the prophet do it. He said, well, there was this woman who had a son that had died. And Elisha prayed for him, and he was restored to life. At that time, the woman cried out to the king, had showed up after seven years of being gone. At the time that Gehazi is telling the king about her and her miracle. And look what it says. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. He said it this way. Give her her land back, her house back, and everything her land would have produced in the years that she was absent from her home. Isn't God good? He doesn't just let you restore and start over. He goes back to when you left. And what you would have had if you'd stayed. He's better to us than we are really to him. How many glad God can restore us? Can you say amen? Praise God. What would you get out of that chapter? What word would you say sticks out of that chapter? Anybody? Somebody shout restore. I want everybody to shout restore. Amen. I'd like to preach for the next few moments on this God's House Sunday on simply, I love this house. I love. How many love this house? Amen. Lift your hands, Lord. We thank you for the house of God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for every preacher that's ever preached in this pulpit. Every miracle that's ever been done. I pray that today that God, you would move and heal and stir and touch every life that's come, that, that, have, that have made their way to this house today. Those watching by way of the web that want to be here, but they can't because they're being quarantined or or something that's wrong in their life, that God, they couldn't make it. I just pray a, a blessing over them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody say, may his favor be upon me. Upon my family and upon my children. You may be seated. When you look at the story that I've read today from 2 Kings. You'll find that to understand what she's asking for is to, it would be better to understand a little bit of her background. She was not just returning to this house because there was nowhere else to go. She's returning to this house because of what this house represents. This woman that the Bible tells us in, in chapter 4, the scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 4, it says, 
And it fell in a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman. The Bible calls someone great. I'd like to hear about what makes her great. This woman was, was it, doesn't, it doesn't name her. It just says that she's a woman of, of Shunem. We call her the Shunemite woman. This woman has a moment in her life. She realized that her husband was elderly and that she wasn't certainly getting any younger and she didn't have any children, but she wanted to have a child. And uh, occasionally, the prophet Elisha would pass near her house and, and uh, wouldn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't that he stopped all the time, but occasionally he came by her house and uh, she would treat him well. But she looked at her husband one day and she said, you know, you're getting old, I'm not getting any younger, but why don't we fix the prophet a chamber? Let's, let's make an addition onto our house. It, it, when you begin to study, it means it's like an upper room, a, a loft, if you will. And she said, let's build that. So her husband got the boards and the hammer and the nails and he built a loft on the corner of their house and she made room for the man of God to stay at the house. This time when he stops by, it wasn't just, uh, you know, we got restaurants on every corner. They, they tell me that, that Zanesville has, at one point, the most restaurants, I think, in a, in a short distance for per capita. We had a Guinness Book of World Records for that. We're proud of that. We like food. Can you say amen? It wasn't like that back in the day. There's restaurants everywhere. I mean, they are so convenient. They're, they're near all of us. But back in the day, they would stop by a house to eat and would provide. And the prophet would stop by. And when he shows up this time, it's different. They made an addition on to the house. And when he, I, I imagine when he, whether he got off his horse or whether he was walking, he could smell the bread that she was fixing in the oven. He gets in, the table was spread, and he, he eats a meal. And it's, it's like Thanksgiving, you eat till you, you're, you're paralyzed. How I many look forward to that? More turkey than we should have. And we go back and we eat the cold turkey with the bread. And uh, in the evening, then you hurt again. Then, then you, you eat a, I was at my, my brother's recently, my my sister-in-law fixed a tremendous meal and I was so full, couldn't stand it. And she said, I've got cherry and apple pie in the oven. My lands, I thought I was gonna have to stay for days to recover. But that's the way it was. It was, it was, the food was prepared and, and uh, but this woman was up to something. You know, it's a problem when you women are up to something. She was up to something and, and he is, He's at the house, Gehazi's there, they eat a nice meal, and, and uh, his, his belly is full, and you know, you eat enough carbs, you, you go into paralysis almost, you, you go into this coma almost, and she can see it on him, she's prepared it, he's yawning, and she's thinking, that's exactly what I want him to do. Oh, by the way, you know, we've been talking about this, I just... Matter of fact, why don't we just show you this room in the house? And they go up the steps or maybe climb a ladder. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it was built. But when they get up there, over the door, I imagine, it said the prophet's chamber. He walks in there. She says, oh, oh, prophet of God, Elisha, 
here's a bed for you. Here's a table for you. There's a stool under there. That way if you want to take a little time to study and, you know, you want to you wanna sleep here, you know, you're welcome to sleep here. And, and uh, you know, why, why don't you not leave tonight? Why don't you just stay a few days? Don't you like it when people make you feel like they want you to stay a little while instead of rushed out? And uh, you know what? You, why don't you just stay the night? I, I'll get some fresh eggs, and we'll, we'll, have, we'll have some fresh breakfast in the morning. And, and uh, I notice you're yawning. He said, won't you just tell the man of God just to stay the night, and y'all can sleep here tonight at the house. And, and he goes in. He, 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 he takes the bait, if you will. He goes in and lays down, and he's laying in that bed, and he's about to go to sleep, and he pops up out of that bed, and he says, Gehazi, she's up to something. You go down there and ask her what she wants. She's down there. I don't know what she was doing. She might have been sewing something. I, I, she might have been making him a, a winter coat. I don't know what she was up to. She was, she, she was maybe making some blanket. I don't know. But she was waiting. She was waiting. And Gehazi comes down the steps and walks up to the lady and then says, What do you want? The prophet sent me and said, You're up to something. What do you want? She said, my husband's old and I want a baby. And uh, he's thinking, prophet was right. She was up to something. He goes upstairs. He said, she said her husband's old and she wants a baby. He said, go down and tell her God's going to give her a baby as the Lord liveth. He goes back down. He must have been too full to get down the steps. I don't know. He, gets, he comes down and she said, and he said, prophet said you'll have a baby the Lord said you'll have a baby she said she said you tell that prophet I'm not playing games I'm serious about it don't you don't don't just tell me something don't lie to me he goes upstairs says uh Elisha she wanted me to tell you not to lie to her because she's real serious about this deal I mean her mouth was a little bit sideways she had a little bit of fire in her eyes you know he said you could tell her as the Lord liveth, she's gonna have a child he comes down, downstairs. He said, the prophet said, don't you worry about it. As the Lord liveth, you're going to have a baby. Next day, I don't know if they had breakfast or not, but the prophet leaves, and it's not long. Some, some months down the road, guess what? She's got a baby boy in her arms, just like the prophet said from that chamber that she had built. You know, some of you, what you need to do if you need a miracle, you need to, you need to put an addition on your life. Instead of just doing things the same in your little five-minute prayers, you need to add on some time for God in your world. Get in the Word. Get in the time of God's Word. Come on, how many are glad that God can hear us? Some people want miracles, but they don't want to ever do anything to get it. They, they're never trying. They're not desperate. They're, they're not hungry enough. I'm going to tell you, there is a law of hunger that always gets God's attention. I have seen it over the years. I've seen spouses become so desperate because they want their family to be saved that they would go days without eating. What were they doing? They were building a chamber on the house because they needed a miracle. How many of you in this building have ever needed a miracle in your life? You needed a touch of God upon your spirit. I'm going to preach to you because I'm your shepherd. If you're not careful, you'll let the pandemic steal every bit of emotion you have. Sitting around on your cell phone all day long, sitting around watching videos, listen to, listen to a media that's not always telling you the truth. If we're not careful, we'll get away from what God wants and listen to what the world's doing, and we'll lose our passion for prayer, passion for his house, passion for what God can do. I'm telling you, we have a community. They need a passionate Christian. They need a passionate prayer warrior. Come on, mama. Your children need a passionate prayer warrior. 
Let's talk about science. Let's talk about it. I'm sorry, lady, but your boy hadn't breathed in, in 12 minutes. It took him 10 minutes to get the horses ready. He's lifeless. It's over. Don't you, don't you bother the man of God. Leave him alone. Science says it's been too far. Science says he can't live. He's been too long without breath. But there's something in a Christian that defies science that says God's able. God's able. Come on, do you believe that God is able to do anything? I preach it to somebody. It's not too far gone to see a miracle. It's not too far gone. Oh, get me to the preacher. Get me to the preacher. When the preacher sees her coming, when the preacher sees her afar, sees her coming, and, and he sends Gehazi, go out and ask her if, if it's well. When Gehazi, when Gehazi says, is it well? Watch what she said. It is well, I come to preach to some saints in the building that sometimes it looks like the situation is lifeless. It looks like it's over. It looks like it's died. But I come to tell you somebody needs to jump up and say it is well. It is well. I know it doesn't look great. I know it doesn't look right, but it is. I wish somebody watching online right now would shout in your house, it is well. I know what it looks like, but it's going to be all right. Somebody shout, it's going to be all right. I know the ministry look like it's dead. Oh, but your ministry's not dead. It will, it will be restored to life. It's not, I know it looks grim. Grim, I know it looks like it's over. But I feel a word from the man. I feel a word from the Lord. God's going to restore some things you never thought could be restored. But he needs a woman to jump up. He needs a woman to get up out of your comfort zone. And shout, it is well. Come on, somebody. I, I haven't heard it yet. I, I'm waiting on somebody to shout, it is well. Come on, if you need a miracle, shout it as well. Somebody say it's well. So you got to get that in your spirit. You've got to get it faith. I mean, you know, church, 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 church people don't talk like other people talk. You know, you know that. I mean, church, church people, they have their own lingo. The same, same way northern people have their own lingo. And southern people have their own lingo. See, you have to start saying what the Bible's saying. Now, I, I realize it doesn't take anybody. I, I, can order, I can order a spicy chicken combo number six at Wendy's without mayonnaise with a strawberry lemonade. And in that amount of time, they know I'm not from Zanesville. I'll get them, they say, where are you from? Zanesville. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Uh-uh. Are you from Tennessee? Then I get real mad. I'm going to tell you when I get worse mad is when they say, you from Kentucky? I'm like, come on, let's go right now. I'm from West Virginia. Could you not hear that West Virginia in there? If you're going to try to insult me, make it good. We don't always. I realize today that in Genesis, they were able to build the Tower of Babel because they didn't only speak one language, but they all said the same thing. Everybody say one language and one speech. 
The Bible said there was nothing that they couldn't do because they all, they didn't only speak, if you will, English. Everybody was saying the same thing. See, the problem is, is when you start saying things different than what God's saying. See, the church, listen, listen, every culture has a language and every culture has a speech. Do y'all, do y'all believe that? Let me teach you for a minute. I'm going to get back to preaching, but let me teach you. I remember when I was in college, and uh, when I was in college, I, I made some friends. I, I never traveled extensively at that point. Eight, a young 18-year-old, just turned 18 in July. I was in school in August, freshman, freshman in college. And I met some people from India. It was a tremendous experience. My only introduction to, to world culture was through missionaries at our church. And I remember two guys, one by the name of John Devarapali, another one by the name of Paul Bazam. They were from southern India. And uh, I would talk with them. They could speak English, but we didn't talk the same. I, I had a different lingo. I had a different culture. To try to talk to somebody from India the way I would my cousin or somebody in my school because people in that circle where I grew up, you know, I know I don't always talk like you. Like, it sounds much more, yesterday, yesterday I, I came home and I said, Cindy, I said, I found an oak tree where they're really dropping a lot of acorns. She said, that's acorn. It's not acorn. <laughs> you see, acorn's right, but acorn sounds so comfortable to me. I, I don't like saying acorn because I didn't grow up in acorns. I grew up with my cousins and my friends. We all said, acorns. You know, I realize my grammar is butchered sometimes. But I'd much rather say we was than we were. And I'd much rather say they was than they were. I know we was is not proper. But be we was is the way we lingo. Let me just get it. Can I, is there any acorn people in the building? Two of you, and you're from Alabama. But we're right. And they messed up the whole English grammar because of it. You can speak English and have a different lingo or a different speech because your circle says certain things. How many would agree with Pastor? You see, I want you to know that we're in Zanesville. We speak English. We might have a northern or southern accent. I might say Akron. But the church should have its own lingo. See, when I would look at my friends from India and I would say something to them the way I would my brother or cousin or a friend that I grew up with, and I would say it like something funny, some type of joke that I thought was funny based upon our culture and colloquialisms, I would say, say something, you know, uh, whatever it would be, and, and they would go, ha, 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 What did that mean? I was comfortable. They understood English, but they don't understand like a needle in a haystack. They don't understand cliches like, like, like walking on eggshells. That's our culture. They don't know. And when you travel and you preach across the world, you can't talk about your culture and they understand what you're preaching. 
You have to stay just to the word and on basic general things that they can relate with. Just preach the parable and preach and don't do colloquialisms like we do when we understand here. What I'm saying is, is we can all speak English, but we not talk the same. The church should not talk the same way as the world talks. They're going to make their decisions based upon logic and we will make our decisions based upon faith. I realize when the doctor's done all he can do, we appreciate the medical team, but it doesn't mean we walk without hope because science says it's over. We know a God that's bigger than any physical situation because he's God. We have our own lingo, and that's when we get to a situation and somebody's desperate. We look at one another and say, well, we'll pray about it. Well, I'm going to call a couple people. I'm going to get a few people. You know what? On Sunday nights, it's a prayer meeting. And tonight, we're going to pray about some things because there's some miracles that need to be done. And I'm glad to tell you that when man's done all he can do, guess what? God is not a God that operates with... He's not a God that's limited by impossibilities. Somebody shout amen. She was old enough to understand it's hopeless, but faithful enough to understand that God's able. And when they said, is it well? She said, it is well. Can I tell you what makes this church powerful? I know it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and thank you for the cards and the kind words that you've given, but I've come to preach about you. You know why we see so many marriages healed, see so many lives healed, so many people that get out of jail restored, so many people that are restored from drugs and alcohol, lives are changed. I'm going to tell you why. It's because we preach what God says. I'm not just talking about me. It's not good enough for me to preach it if you don't amen it. That's why when I'm preaching about the word of the Lord, you got to get an amen out of your spirit. Say amen. I believe that. I'm going to speak that. If it's in the word, I'm going to let his word come through my mouth because we're going to say what God's saying and not what the world is saying. Come on, somebody shout, we need to talk about it. JFK was in a, he was in a, uh, he was in a, a space center in Texas. It was when they were trying to put a man on the moon back in that day. He walked up to a man. He was custodian, cleaning the restroom, had the door propped open, and he said, hey, what are you doing today? He said, I'm putting a man on the moon. What he was saying was, everybody that's working here, no matter how big their responsibility is, no matter what their responsibility, we're all saying the same thing. Our mission is to put a man on the moon. Now, I'm going to preach to you. You know what that dead boy needed laying up in the prophet's chamber? He needed mama saying when he's dead, it is well. I know what it looks like, but it's well. I know it looks like it's over, but it is well. Can I get the bride of Christ with me right now to jump up on your feet and shout, it is well. It is well for Zanesville. It is well for my family. It is well for every backslider. Somebody shout, it is well. I want you to really shout it. You're tired this morning. I want everybody to shout, it is well. Come on, I want you to take faith and mix it with the word. It's potent combination. When you get faith 
and the word mixed. It brings miracles every single time. How many of you have faith? How many believe in his word? Then shadow with everything you have. It is well. Woo! You gotta say it. I said you have to say it. You've gotta say it. Quit thinking it and start speaking it. We need Pete and repeat in the church. I be Pete and you be repeat. It is well. It is well. God is able. God's bigger than cancer. God gives second chances. His mercy is renewed every morning. Do you believe it? Start speaking it. Come on, mother. Speak it. Say it. I'm going to tell you why we have a powerful church. I'm going to tell you why when the pandemic leaves, every seat's going to be filled in multiple services. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's not just the pastor that believes it. It's not just God that's saying it. Revelation 21, Brother Sean Turner, it says this, let the spirit and the bride say come. It can't just be God saying it. He needs the bride to say it. I want somebody to shout, there's hope in my community. There's hope in my family. There's hope in my marriage. There is hope. Come on, clap. If you believe it, shout about it. I want everybody to shout about it. Woo! Come on, it can't be uncomfortable. We've got to let this conversation become comfortable. We ought to speak it so much, it's second nature. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. I'm blessed going in, and I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'll be the head and not the tail. Only above and never beneath. I'll be the lender and not the borrower. Come on, some of you got to start believing who you are. The devil's trying to kill you. Some of you need to declare victory. Somebody shout, it is well. You can be see, it's amazing the power of the church. It's amazing the power of the church because when it looks like everything is grim, the mother starts talking. The church is the mother, the bride of Christ. You are. You're compared to Mary in the scripture. Mary was saved through childbearing and so is the church. Can I tell you that the great, the great woman, the great woman was a typology of the church. She was a topology of Mary. She was the typology of the body of Christ. And when it looked like the baby died, she didn't give up. She prayed him into existence and she's going to restore him in her, in her faith. You see, when somebody backslides, you can't give up on them. I don't care how long they were gone. I don't care how long they were gone, how long they were dead. It is well. It is well. And one of these days, you've heard me preach it and you've said it. And one of these days, <laughs> I'm so glad God brought your son home and saved him before he passed away. That was the mercy of God. But you know why? You know why? Because there was a church that believed it. God already says it. He's just waiting on some people to repeat what he's been saying. Watch this. Let the redeemed, Psalms 107 and 2, of the Lord. You've got to say it. It's got to become language. And when God's words become our language, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I, 
believe this gospel is going to reach all the way to upper upper levels of politics. I believe it's going to save kings around the world. But the body's got to say it right now. I want you to know. It is there. I want to know. Is there any of you that believe in restoration? Somebody say amen. See, the devil says it's over, but God said it is well. I'm almost done. I feel this today. You know where Jesus would have went? Jesus, Jesus went to the adulterous woman and said, go and send no more. He went to the woman at the well, revealed to her sin and healed her spirit. Jesus believes in second chances. And she goes to the prophet. Everybody say, I love this house. I'm planning on next week, if God will permit, to finish this message because I've run out of time. But when she went to the man of God, she got real transparent with him. She fell on her knees and said, I told you not to lie to me. I told you I was serious about this baby. I told you not to lie to me. He's lifeless. He's lifeless. You see, she spoke faith, but she was also transparent. I think some people think you got to live in a facade of faith and not get real with God. You know what makes her great? She's transparent. See, body Christ can't be fake. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so wonderful. I had breakfast with Gabriel this morning. He was telling me about the Jewish revivals about to happen. Behind the scenes suffering. Because the prophecy is not fulfilled like you thought it would be. But you want everybody, well, praise the Lord, well, praise the Lord. I'm doing wonderful, God's so wonderful. Behind the scenes, you're wondering at moments, is he hearing me still? She was transparent. She was passionate. She was faithful. She could speak faith, but she was also transparent. Anybody believe it's okay to get real with God? She got real with the man of God. She said, I told you. <laughs> Not to lie to me. He said, Gehazi, he said, go ahead and take my staff. Go to the house. Go, on, go into the house. Everybody say the house. Gehazi gets the prophet's staff and goes in and walks upstairs. And here's a lifeless boy. Hadn't breathed one breath since mama's been gone. He's there. The prophet and mom are on their way. Gehazi goes ahead and lays a staff on his body. And nothing happens. Gehazi hears the hears him pull up outside. He runs outside, goes out. He said, Nothing happened. I did what you said. I laid the staff with the boy up there in the, in the prophet's chamber. I laid the staff, nothing happened. Prophet of God went there because it didn't work. Prophet of God walks up the steps. He goes up and he does what the former prophet did, Elijah, not Elisha, but Elijah, the elder that mentored him, had told him the story. Elisha was not there when it happened in 1 Kings 17. When the same thing about somebody's boy that had died that God had restored. Remember that one with a little meal in the barrel? Remember that with a little oil in the flask? Her boy, same thing. But the prophet had went nose to nose, eye to eye, hand to hand, mouth to mouth, had laid on him. And life came out of his body. Elisha went up and said, if God did it for the former generation, Elisha said. He did. I don't see it verbalized, but he certainly see it implied in his action. He goes up and lays on that boy in her house. 
lays up on him, nose to nose, eye to eye, and when it did, life came into his body. My, 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 my. I feel it for this church. I realize some of you have dead ministries, dead prayer life. You've got dead things in your world that God brought into your life. But you listen to me. If you're listening online, you stayed home today because you feel lifeless. But I come to tell you, God is going to breathe upon what he birthed in you. And it will come alive again. Let's stand to our feet. I said it will come alive again. He starts breathing. It's so powerful. He starts breathing. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing what God did in that situation. The Lord moved. Breath came into his body. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise God. Aren't you glad God gives us miracles? You know one of the reasons people love this church that are members? Because this is where they were born. Again. They remember. Bitter, broken, and busted. And God gave them life. So I don't have to preach good on Sunday and they still come back. I cannot be up my best because they're not here for me. You're here for Him. The residue of the miracles. I can see her saying, years later, and the boy's alive. I mean, I, 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 let me just finish the story. Prophet comes down and says, Hey, mom, he's fine. Everything's okay. It's like, it's, like, it's like the doctor that walks out of the surgeon's room and goes to the consultation room and said, I know it was a touch and go situation, but he's going to be okay. See, those moments in your life when you're about to lose it, but yet, somehow, God through his man, whether it's a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, leans across and said, it's going to be all right. She's going to live. And the feeling, I imagine she said, Elisha, won't you stay for dinner? I'll fix your favorite pie pumpkin pie this time of year I want you to stay a little while it's so good to have restoration in my, in my house what was dead is alive so if you read 2 Kings it's, it's years after this she's been gone for 7 years and I'll finish this next week but when she returned to the king she said I want, my house, I want to return to my house it wasn't just because it was a beautiful landscape and maybe had a nice sunset out the bay window. It was because what God had done for her in that house. The reason the anchor, the way you give, the way you do. Why, the reason you're faithful the way you are. Brother John, I remember in a crisis in your life, you said, I just got to get home. Remember that? What's always been here is still here. That's why you may, you know, years ago being a member here as I grew up in this church. It's not just because the preacher. It's because you allow God to move in your life and you speak what God's speaking. 
And that's why, Jeremiah, when you show up, it's so easy to tell you if you live right. God's got great things for you, no matter where you've been or what happened in the past. But you've got to be obedient to the Word of God. And we believe in second chances. I know, it's, I know it's different from the lingo of the world. I know, I know for me to say we was, it's more comfortable than we were. I know what's normal for everybody to say. But we got to start talking about the language of God. And that is, we believe in second chances. I know you failed. I know, it's, I know, I know you're shamed. But it's not over yet. Why don't you get up and try again? Cause the next few years to be the best years of all your life. We believe. And when you come to the altar, people aren't saying, I wonder what they did. Nope. I wonder what God's doing. Because we have a speech in the church. And it's called restoration. He can open your eyes. The sharp, I still believe the best things are yet to come. We believe. I feel a unity in the body. You know what? Unless you're sick and being around somebody that's positive, be at church. Our attendance is down on Saturday night. Doesn't mean the church isn't growing. Just people are being safe. And I, I'm going to finish it next Sunday. But right now, I'm telling you, absence from here will call your mind, cause your mind not to be what it should be. I will never shut down for seven weeks again because you need to hear the voice of God. You need to be in the house. And the reason we have one is not just because God did it. It's because God spoke to you to bless it. So you prayed when he said to. You gave when he said to. That's why we have such a beautiful facility. Now a safe place for our kids that, that can come is because this is a place where miracles happen and, and lives are restored. How many of you have, be honest with the pastor, how many of you have been restored here? Amazing. Jacqueline and Jason, I want you to both know I'm glad you're here. But I want you to speak it as well. Hear me, Brother Jason? You're my friend. I love it when you're here, able to be here. But I want you both to say it as well. Because God is able. You never know what somebody's going through around you. Amen. I want you to look at somebody around you and say it as well. Come on. It just means it's going to be all right. Can y'all feel what I feel? How many feel the unity of the, of the body and much as, as, as well as the unity of the spirit? It's going to be all right. Sister Carol, I want everyone seated. That doesn't mean I'm preaching longer. But I want her to stand and be highlighted. Sister Carol, would you stand? She is the epitome of a representation of this, this congregation. Her father was the founding member, planted this church in 1942 with his own finances. Down, went down to Monroe Street, coal stove. You remember those days? 
Probably didn't have a whole lot at those times. It was sacrifice. His vehicle was his church van. And they would hang off the side of that van with their muddy shoes driving through the mud. They would be hanging off the side of his car, getting to the house of God, driving through the mud. They had an old coal furnace that heat up in the middle of that room. Isn't that right? And he had preached the gospel. And this is his daughter, Carol. She's been through through. through now, we're not going to say how old she is because she just, I mean, you know, she turned 49 like yesterday. And, uh, and um, uh, but 78 years ago, and this church is still here. Thank God for a pastor, for the legacy of pastors, but it's not just the pastor. And we give all credit to God, but it's not just God. The Bible says give honor, Erica, where honor is due. And I'm going to tell you where I'm placing the honor. It's up on the bride. The Lord loves his bride. The Lord loves his, loves his church. And he's going to present it to himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And we love you, Sister Carol, and we honor you today. Hallelujah. Let's, all, let's honor Carol. She's always been here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to let people pray that want to pray, but we're going to be dismissed in a moment because I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to do and I'll finish. But I, I said it probably two months ago on a Wednesday night, who's next? Who's the next person about to have the birth experience of a, of a new life? And who's the next person going to come here that's going to be restored? Because this house is about birthing miracles and restoring lives. That's what we do. That is what we do. Brother Sharp, who's the next missionary going to get called? Who's the next evangelist going to be called here? Who's going to come in here barren, but then life's going to come and passion. They're going to say, you know what? I didn't even think I was, it was worth living, but now I can't wait to get up in the morning because I've got a purpose. Who's the next missionary going to be healed? The next pastor going to be restored? The next elder going to come back to the Lord? Who is it? I'm going to tell you, that's why we're going to keep the doors open. After the famine, we're, we're opening the doors. I can't, I can't go. I, I need to stop. But if you're here today and you're going to be a part of that bride that's going to speak restoration of life and it is well, I want you to lift your hands and start praying. Go ahead, all over the building. There's healing here. There's healing here. There's healing sweeping. This, the, the whole sanctuary is an altar right now. The Lord's moving over you.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.